because guess what happens in August? When I go, he'll probably try to entice you all to do the same. Just don't listen to him, all right? <laughs> so for the rest of you that are up here with me over the next few minutes, let's open our Bible to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, we're going to continue in this chain breaker series where we're looking at things that can entangle us and rob us of the joy and the life that God desires of us to live and the joy that God desires for us to possess. So we've talked about a few different things and today I want to talk about something, but I have to admit as we read 1 Peter chapter 5 starting in verse 5, that this was probably a sermon that I dreaded more than any I've ever preached, if I can be honest. And I know you're probably wondering, well, where are we going? Because as much as I have to preach this to you all, you know, sometimes when you address something that's something you struggle with, is it not difficult to hear about it? Isn't it difficult to hear people tell you what you struggle with and remind you of your shortcoming? And, and I'll kind of allude to what I'm talking about here in just a moment. But as I was praying for this message, as I was reading, as I was writing, I began to think, man, this is as much for me as it is for you. So here's the thing. We're all together here. So as I was dreading, man, I have to preach on this, not because I was afraid to preach on I'm never afraid to preach on anything in particular. But then I remember, man, as I preach this to you all, I need this just as much as anyone else. So 1 Peter chapter 5 Verse 5, we're going to read through verse 8 or 9, depending on where we go. And then we'll read verse 10 later on. So Peter writes, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. And all the elders of the church said, Amen. <laughs> all the parents in the room said, Amen. Right? So you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you. Who? the old or the young or all of you, right? With humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I'm going to read that again. All right, I'm going to read that again. So clothe yourself, all of you, with humility toward one another. Let's read this together. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking or seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering or experience, or being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And that's where we will stop. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So I want to talk for a few minutes today about the chains of pride and talk about the numerous ways that pride can truly entangle you and, and really rob you of experiencing the joy of the Lord and cherishing the gift of life that God, and, and cherishing the life that God has called you to live in. So let me just ask, who here has ever struggled with pride? And hold on, just hold them high. I want to see who all the, the liars in the room are that aren't holding their hands up at one point or another. I'm just kidding. I'm not calling you a liar. See, 
what I've realized, and there's so many different things. I mean, I could point out things that I could point out four D's that pride does. Pride defies God. You can read in the Proverbs chapter six or Proverbs chapter 16. So we also read that God opposes the proud. That's actually a lot stronger language than we read. It isn't that God just hopes that you would change. He actually opposes those who live in pride. So pride defies God. It is rebellion and sin against God. If you think about Lucifer, what did he want to do? Isaiah writes about the fact that Lucifer was tired of worshiping God Almighty. He wanted to be like him. He wanted to be exalted higher than him. So out of Lucifer's pride, he is then cast out of heaven, and he is now known as what? The adversary, the devil. So pride is what caused Lucifer to become the devil. So we look at pride, defy, it defies God, it pride defiles man, it corrupts your heart. So pride will lead you into believing that you are greater than you are, you are smarter than you are. Uh, I was just, I was doing some research. Did you know that in iPhones these days, if you were to go to your photo library, there is actually towards the bottom called media types. And there's all these different media types of pictures you can take on an iPhone. And one of these is called selfies. Anybody here ever taken a selfie? Did you know there's approximately 95 million selfies taken a day? Did you know that? That means there's like 15 billion selfies a year taken. We think a lot about us, right? So what happens is it actually defiles who God's called us to be because we begin to think that, that you and I are smarter than we are. And I also read something and it kind of hurt me and hit me in my face. Did you know that when you look at yourself in the mirror, you find yourself to be three times more attractive than you really are? <laughs> so if you thought you were looking good... Uh, just take it down three notches. If you if you're already scared, just just try try harder. All right. Um, but did you know that? Like you you and I find ourselves three times more attractive because we always want to exalt us. We always corrupt our hearts into believing that you and I, in and of ourselves, are better than we really are. Pride will not just defy God; it defiles man. Pride divides. Have you ever? Have you ever found a relationship to be divided because you were right and they were wrong? Have you ever been there? That both people thought the exact, the exact same thing, that I am right, they are wrong. I mean, we could, we could go on and on about pride dishonors others. We could look at Proverbs 16. We could look at Proverbs 6. We could look at Proverbs chapter uh, 16, verse 5, and in verse 16, verse 18. And we could look through some of the gospel accounts. We could look at Proverbs chapter 13, Proverbs chapter 15. I mean, numerous Proverbs that address the topic of pride. And what you will find in all of these instances is that pride leads to opposition to, with God. It leads us to truly being in opposition to God. And I began to think about where I currently am right now in my life. And as I was reading it and preparing for this week, I had to, I had to take a step back and I had to think about where I am now. See, I don't necessarily struggle with pride other than maybe on a Tuesday night after I hit a, you know, a big grand slam and help the team win at the softball team or uh, when I do something really impressive for my wife and I want her to know about it and I remind her about it over and over until she affirms that. Um, but 
I don't necessarily find myself boasting in and of myself like I once did as a young, dumb, dumb teenager. I mean, I, when I was young, I was, I was dumb and I was a teenager and I, I thought I was really good at a lot of stuff, you know, but then I realized the older I got, I wasn't really good at much of anything. Um, so I don't find myself living in pride in that way, but here's what I do know. Now, let me ask you this. So we've identified who struggles or have ever struggled with pride. Let me just ask you here. Do you find yourself living with anxieties? And I'm not talking about a a clinical diagnosis that now you have to medicate for because you're just paralyzed and can't get out of bed. I mean, I'm talking about anxieties, things that you and I deal with, seasons of life that you and I go through. I deal with anxieties. Some of my anxieties, I'll use myself as an example. I'll break the ice here. Fatherhood. That's an anxiety that I have. Not that I'm paralyzed or crippled by fear, but that is something I struggle. I mean, that is a struggle in my life to be the father that God has called me to do and to, to be and to train up four young girls to, to be fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God, but also to be raised up in the instruction and the discipline of the Lord. That is something that I pray about. That is something that I have to work for. That is considered an anxiety we'll use for today in my life. Marriage. Marriage is an anxiety, you know, because two people are becoming one. And in my home, uh, Michaela is as close as it is to perfect. I'm just telling you that right now. If you know my wife, you will find that she is as close to perfect as it comes, which she has to be to kind of offset and to counterbalance this guy who over here is far from. But, but marriage is an anxiety that I have and it is something that I have to work for. It is something that I have to put energy and effort into. Therefore, it is a considered an anxiety of mine. Pastoring is considered an anxiety. And the list could go on. Whatever roles and responsibilities that you have right now, you could consider to be anxieties in your life. Worries or fears or challenges or places of life, as Brian talked about being professionals, there are areas in your life where you strive to be a professional and those areas would be considered your anxieties. So let me just kind of, again, break the ice and be vulnerable with you. And, you know, (laughs) so Shane came back from boot camp today and him and I were talking in the sound room earlier this morning. And, you know, he was looking all fresh in his dress blues, which are the best uniform that the military offers, right? Um, and, and I was taken back down memory lane. I said, dude, I got my dress blues outside. I said, I'll go grab it. So I go out and, and I grab my dress blues and they're over in the building. And I said, I think I could put these on. You know, and uh, hold on. <laughs> I think Michaela's been trying these again. Uh, Michaela likes to dry with high heat. Um or at least I say that to make myself feel good, but I I was humbled just like that to remind myself that I am in a different season of life. I have new worries than to be the 165-pound man that I was, and I remember trying that jacket on, and I was able to get it, but boy, that belt, I I mean, my ribs were were slightly uh, protruded, protruding uh, to, to get the belt on, but it was just like that. You know, that's kind of the pride that I used to struggle with, but now I find myself with a new pride, and here's the example. And this is where we're going to go. So when I consider the anxieties that I have, when I consider the anxieties that I have, the roles and responsibilities that I find myself in, the positions that God has placed me in, the calling that God has for me, 
as of late, I would say for the last six months to a year, I have struggled with this thing. Here, here's the deal. Seven years ago today, did you know that seven years ago, not today, but this month was the very first time I ever got to come out here. See, Michaela came here when she was a teenager and I remember dating her and, and Jeff Gibson was my high school shop teacher and he'll tell you I was, I was a hardworking, hardworking student. And um, I remember I came and my buddy and I visited out here a couple of times. But I remember it was July of 2016 that I was invited to come in and fill in. Mark had retired and they were looking for people to just fill in and, and kind of fill the voids when needed. And I was more than willing to do it. I came in, I remember I preached here for the very first time. And this is seven years ago. Did you know that the stage was like right here? So none of y'all would even be back here. So the stage used to be right here. And I remember I used to sit kind of along that walkway because we had no middle aisle. There was two aisles. I remember that. And uh, some of the most beautiful red carpet you you would ever see uh, that they got rid of. But I remember my very first message I preached on the to Talistai that Jesus you know, screamed out from the cross when he said, it is finished. And I remember I carried in a backpack full of little dumbbells. I know they were little because I was carrying it. Um, and, and I had, I brought this backpack in and I remember preaching about the cross of Christ, how when Jesus cried out to Talistai, it is finished, that, that the weight of my sin could be removed from my back and placed upon the cross. And I remember preaching that. And, and then here we are seven years later in October, I was officially offered the position to be the minister of Pleasant Hill Christian Church. And, and I can remember Michaela and I were in a meeting and I still remember the night that we read through the contracts, right? We read through the job, the, the description, the responsibilities and the goals. And I remember reading, we were actually in what is now the nursery downstairs in the basement. And I just remember like jumping up in the air, like a, like a little kid, you know, just got his favorite you know, ideal Christmas gift. And I remember thinking, man, I cannot wait. Well, here's the thing. Fast forward seven years and here we are today. It's different now. It's different. So here's what I've come to know is that different seasons bring their different struggles. So different seasons bring different struggles. Um, seven years ago, I never envisioned that we would have seen what we have been able to see in this place. I never envisioned the lives that would be changed. And I never envisioned how many people would be saved and marriages restored. I never, I never really envisioned how our, our little outreach, what we called Share What You Wear, would have almost 600 people come through our doors and we would clothe them for free. Like all of these things to where we are today. Now here's where I've been struggling with, and this is where I'm getting at my pride, where I'm also going to maybe get at your pride. So here we are seven years in. And I have been struggling with the fact that maybe, maybe I am not the one to take this place to the next step. That has been where I've been lately. And I've been, I've been praying about it. I've been talking with Michaela. I've been talking with those that I confide in. I thought, you know, there's times where I am on fire and passionate as could be ready to take this church to the next step in our, in our walk with the Lord and in my journey here and just to see what God has in store for us next. But at the same time, there's those feelings of inadequacy to where I think that I have almost convinced myself that maybe my time has run its course here and maybe it's time for somebody else because somebody else else has to be more qualified. Somebody else has to be more educated. Someone else has to be more experienced. See, seven years ago, the church stepped out on faith or they had no other callers and, and they just satis they were content with what was available, but they took a step. 
I took a step, and here we are today. And it's been the Lord reminding me, my wife that God has given to me, and people that I can find it to remind me that it's never been you in the first place. But because of my own feelings of inadequacy, they are actually a result of my pride stemming inside of me and telling me that maybe I had more to do with what we've seen than what I really did. Has anybody been there? So, so I'm not planning on leaving. This isn't me telling you I'm leaving by any means, but I'm telling you that of late, I have struggled with the, with the fact that maybe, maybe my time had run up. Maybe, maybe I just don't have what it takes anymore to do what God's called us to do. Maybe I don't have what it takes to see this church grow more spiritually or numerically. Maybe I don't have what it takes. I never had what it took in the first place. You never have what it takes to be the parent or the grandparent or the employee or, or the child or the brother. I mean, you in of yourself, me in and of myself, do not possess what is required of us to fulfill what God has called us to do. So this is where I was taken back. And this is where I was also reminded of the fact that Michaela and I, when we had one or two little ones, we used to talk about how difficult it was raising toddlers. <laughs> do you remember that? I, I remember thinking, man, this is the hardest thing in the world. And then they grew up to develop personalities. And then now sometimes my nine-year-old thinks she's 19 and too big for her britches. And we have to remind her. But they're, now I'm in a different season. This different season has different struggles. And this different season has different challenges. But here's what it all comes down to. You and I are going to live life and go through different seasons of life. And in these different seasons are going to be different struggles. Now, the grave danger is that you and I think in and of ourselves that we possess the strength to fulfill what it is that God's called us to do. So for me, and I'm using myself as, a, as an example and I'm not going to use myself in a good way. I'm going to use myself in a bad way to teach you all that you, wherever you are, you are in a season of life and God has called you to do something. And what happens is that you and I, if we grow in our pride by not humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God, you and I may actually find ourselves exalting ourselves into a position that we are not qualified for. See, I read a quote by C.S. Lewis and C.S. Lewis says this, Pride is the anti-God state of mind. So what happens is, over time, if we aren't careful, we will think that we have what it takes to be the best spouse we could be. And we don't need God's help. Let me just tell you, if you do not find yourself on your knees and on your face before the Lord, there is no way that you can love your spouse as God's called you to do. If, if I believe that I have what it takes to parent my kids in and of my own strength, and I have all the answers, I'm telling you, it is hard now. I'm not even to, to teenage years yet, but it is hard. And I know in a few years, things are going to be different. We're going to have new challenges. We're going to have new struggles. We're going to have new fights. We're going to have new life seasons. I'm not there yet, and I know it's going to be different, but here's the thing. If I of myself that I possess the ability and the strength and the wisdom and the patience to fulfill the role of a dad in and of myself, I will be short. I will fall short. 
if I think that I have what it takes to be the pastor that I know I can be and to preach how I know God's called me and gifted me to do, and if I think that I can do it all in and of my own strength without the help of God, here is where I will find myself feeling inadequate, defeated, overwhelmed, and ready to just give up. Because that's what we actually see in our own feelings of inadequacy may be stemming from the pride that you and I live with. So what did Peter tell people? He said to humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. So here's what I want to challenge you to do today. I want to challenge you to humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Because you may have a different type of pride than I do. You may struggle with pride differently. You may not struggle with pride whatsoever. But I will tell you this, that all of us, if we are not careful, will find ourselves living pridefully, self-centered, self-righteousness. And here's the thing. No one teaches us how to do it, do they? No, it starts with little kids, doesn't it? I mean, they come from the hospital. They're not even a week old yet. They haven't done anything to earn their keep or anything. And they begin crying. And what do we do? We stop everything we do to feed them, Right? You can laugh. It's a joke. I'm not, I'm not bashing babies. Like, I, I remember we've been through it four times. We get home from the hospital, and, and it's like three hours into it, they're already crying. It's all about them. We got to stop what we're doing. We got to feed them. We got to change them. Oh, and then when they grow a little older, they begin, you know, they're gifted toys. And then if another kid comes over and wants to play with their toys, what do they do? No, mine. Mine. Right? So, so self-centeredness and pride and, and exalting ourselves isn't something that anyone teaches us, but it's something that all of us will sometimes struggle with. And it is something that we can date all the way back to the garden. Adam and Eve, they didn't know that by eating of this fruit that they could be like God and they could know what is good and what is not. So Satan manipulates God's word and entices them to possess something that they don't currently have. Therefore, they wanted to be like God. They wanted to exalt themselves into a position that they weren't capable of fulfilling. Therefore, they eat from the fruit and then sin enters the world. So when we think about the anxieties that we have in our life, the positions that you're in, the roles that you are in, the the responsibilities that you have, in order for you to feel and to see the glory of the Lord, in order to you to feel accomplished or at peace, you and I must humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Here is what the mighty hand of God will provide for you and for me. The mighty hand of God will provide his plans. If you remember all the way back to the Exodus story, the, the Israelites were driven out of Egyptian captivity by the mighty what? Hand of God. If you remember, Peter was a firsthand witness of what also the hand of God represents, which is provision. Provision. If you remember, Jesus was asking the people to feed all these thousands of followers. He was asking his disciples, they said, we don't have any food. So he takes just a few loaves and a few fish, and then he multiplies them to take what was in a little bitty amount, and he multiplies it to feed and to, and to fuel thousands of people. So the hand of God is always going to fulfill his plan. The hand of God is always going to provide for his people because here's the thing. All of us have been there at one time or another in the anxieties of our life, wondering how we have the strength to wake up tomorrow. I don't have the ability to, to accomplish what God has called me to accomplish. So what we will see is that if we humble ourselves under his mighty hand, he will always fulfill his plan. 
And his plan is to take you and me as imperfect people and position us into positions as mothers or fathers or husbands or wives or employees or employers to glorify him in all that we do. And if we humble ourselves under him and we seek the help of the Lord, the strength of the Lord, he will fulfill his plan, but he's also going to provide for you exactly what you need. So there are days where you need the strength of the Lord to get through. There are responsibilities that you have that you need the patience and the wisdom of the Lord in order to understand where God is leading you to go. And also the hand of the Lord, will, what you will see is the protection of the Lord. It's written by Peter here. You remember Peter, he was walking on water, heading towards Jesus, and he began to get distracted by the winds and the waves, and he, he what? He began to sink. And before he began to sink, what did he do? He cried out, Lord, save me. And the Bible says, immediately Jesus reached down, grabbed Peter, and brought him up out of the water. So if anyone knows about the protection that Jesus is capable of providing and the safety that Jesus provides, it's got to be Peter. So that's what we see here. Now here's how I want to end our time together. If you remember, Peter says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. You and I cannot cast all of our anxieties onto God, but still possess pride, believing that we are capable of doing it on our own. We can't expect God to alleviate the stresses of our anxieties, yet possess the pride that he opposes. So what that means is you and I, whatever your anxieties are today, if you want to truly see the plans of God, the provision of God, and the protection of God, you must humble yourselves completely under the mighty hand of the Lord. And you must seek the will of the Lord, and you must seek the strength of the Lord, because there are anxieties that I see in my life that I fight, that if I am not careful, I will constantly be like this. He says, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for what? Someone to devour. Did you know that if you live with pride, pride in your heart, believing that you have all the answers to life, you do not need God's help, you can be the husband, you can be the wife, you can be the parent, you can be the employer, you can be the boss. If you live with pride in your heart, you are actually a very easy target for the enemy. And you are vulnerable for him to attack. And then what you will find is that you will live in opposition to God. It's very difficult to bring God glory and live in opposition to him. It's impossible. You and I can't live pridefully thinking that you and I have what it takes to be all this, but then ask God to bless it. So here's what I want to do. I want to look at the last verse here that we didn't read, verse 10. He goes on to say, After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. So what Peter does is he encourages these people who are being persecuted, who are facing anxieties of different various forms, just as you and I may have different anxieties in our life. You and I have different struggles. We have different responsibilities. We have different positions. But nonetheless, we all have anxieties in our life, things that we need the Lord's help with. 
Let me just ask you, who here needs the Lord's help to be, the best, to be a better spouse? And if you didn't raise your hand, I'll just ask your spouse. All right? And they will tell me the truth. But who here needs the Lord's help in being the parent that God's called you to be? Because it's hard. Being a spouse is hard. Being a parent is hard. Who here needs the Lord's help to deal with that, whether it be Peggy or Linda? I'm not using you, Peggy. I'm just using the name. Someone at the workplace that you struggle to get along with or agree with, and you're always facing adversaries with. Anybody need the Lord's help in that place? So we all have different anxieties. We all have different struggles. So here's where we come together. We all have these anxieties, and the only way to not feel inadequate all the time, to not take everything personally from everyone, to not live as if we always have something to prove, is to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and allow Him, as we suffer a little while, because you will suffer in these anxieties, it's not going to be perfect. But what you will see is that the glory of the Lord is shown and that He Himself will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. So that's what I want to do today. I want to end with this. As you think about the anxieties of your life, may you humble yourself maybe for the very first time. And may you confess to the Lord that you need his strength. May you confess to the Lord that you need his restoration, that you need him to restore, to establish, to strengthen you. Because we all share in different forms the anxieties of our life. And if you carry those anxieties on your own, if you think that you have what it takes, I promise you, if we were to all line up over in the next building and try to carry chairs over to this place, how many, carry, how many chairs can you carry? Some people can carry two. Some people can carry four. But I promise you, if you stick your arms out and I start to stack chairs on, there comes a point in which you cannot hold the amount of chairs that you thought you could. Meaning you aren't as strong. I'm not as strong in and of myself as I may think I am. But I truly need to humble myself before the Lord and allow him to strengthen me and to take away the anxieties that I sometimes carry on my own. Let's pray. <clears throat> and as we pray and as we worship one last time, I'm just going to invite you into a moment for you to just evaluate the anxieties of your life. Just some of the worries or the responsibilities or the places that God has positioned you that you have to work in. And what I want to want to give you an opportunity to do is to just seek the forgiveness of the Lord if you have been carrying in your heart pride to exalt yourself into a position that you aren't and to allow Him to provide you the strength, the peace, the patience, the wisdom, to provide for you everything that you need so that you and I can all live humbly before him and see that upon him, all of our anxieties can be carried and be cast so that we can live not feeling inadequate in every situation because we make it all about us. Not having something to prove every time we leave the house, not taking every word spoken or every, every facial expression personally as an attack on me or an attack on you to where we cannot make it all about us, 
whether we can truly humble ourselves before the Lord and that you and I can find that he will in our anxieties strengthen and establish, restore, and confirm us. Father God, I just pray that in this place, all of us would just examine the lives that we live and look at the anxieties that we have, whether that be marriage or or parenting, whatever it may be, work, relationships. Lord, I just pray that all of us would just humble ourselves before you, knowing that these anxieties, we cannot carry them all on our own. We truly need you to strengthen us and provide for us in these positions. And Lord, as we come to this very moment, I just personally ask that you would strengthen me in my anxieties because I am not capable of being the husband that Michaela needs in and of my own strength. I'm not capable of being the father that my four girls need in and of my own strength. I'm not capable of being the minister that you desire of me in and of my own strength. I'm not capable of being an employee that you have called me to be in and of my own strength. In these anxieties, I fall short and I truly am inadequate. And I ask that you, my Lord, would truly take these anxieties that I speak, that others are thinking of right now, and that you provide us the strength that we need. Provide us the wisdom, the provision that we need. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.